This episode is brought to you by Twizzlers. Long day, late night, feeling a little bored. Twizzlers is the ultimate sidekick for any moment of the day, no matter what kind of day you're having. The perfect level of sweet and a fun excuse to sit back and relax. Unwind with Twizzlers. To buy now, visit Hersheyland.com slash Twizzlers. And action! Hello and welcome to episode 383 of the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk... Filmmaking. From indie film to studio films and... High on TV. And everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them, and how to try not to... Royally F them up in our very humble opinion very humbly humbled opinion mm. i'm giles alderson i am dom lenoir we are both writer director producers and on the show today we have director and screenwriter and producer mr michelle franco Woohoo! dom sat down and had a great chat with michelle all about his latest film memory which stars Jessica Chastain and Peter Sarsgaard. Dom, what will our audience learn from today's lesson? Well, just from the top of my memory, conflict in storytelling, script development and world building and collaborating with someone who understands you as your sounding board. He also talks about working with the actors Jessica Chastain and Peter Sarsgaard and various others, as well as producing and directing, but when you're juggling both roles. He also talks about fitting budget to the story or fitting story to the budget, but in this case, he is fitting budget to the story. And he dives into festivals and distribution as well. So thank you so much for listening. Um, this is the Filmmakers Podcast. It's the first time you've listened. Where have you been? Mm. We have 382 other episodes to dive into all about filmmaking from micro budget, literally from making something for nothing and how they did it, how they raised no money and made it and then also people who have raised a little bit of money whether if it's just been 50k all the way up to a million and how they did it um we have like i say over 382 podcasts on exactly that as well as some oscar winners and bafta winners along the way telling you how they got there quite quite a lot of them actually yeah quite a lot of them this is, this is an indie indie filmmaking filmmaking podcast it's, it's been a it's been a little bit of a of a, of a thing of mine, mine for a while, but if you're listening and you're thinking, "Oh, this is a this isn't you know an awards season film," what, what can I learn from this? Well, you can learn everything. I mean, first of all, you can learn how someone who's at that stage in their life um, and their career has has got there, which which I, I found completely fascinating. And, and also, the, the other way I look at it is, you know, the, I mean, the actual creative decisions that you know, the collaborations, the relationships you build along the way, the you know, the hiccups, the hurdles, the the routes that people go from zero to a hundred. Like, like, if you're not looking at like way ahead of you into the future and you're you're aiming that high, then you'll never know. You know, you'll never know how to get there. So I think you need to be looking. Uh, whatever stage of your career, I always think looking forward is just as important as looking uh, at the the origins uh, and the, and the people sort of working at the the indie level as well. Totally agree. Yeah, it's so important. Aspiration, you mm. know, aim high. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, you might go and make something for nothing right now. You might go and do that, and I hope you do if you haven't yet. Just go out there and do something, even if it's a short, even if it's just you with your iPhone today. It's doing something. Put it in the in final cut and. 
you know, in Premiere and just work out what shots worked for you and what didn't, what you could have done better. The more you can learn from making, the better you will be as a filmmaker. Mm. Um, but yeah, as Dom says, it goes all the way up. Uh, aim high, you know. Yeah. If you want to get Jessica Chastain in your movie, aim for that. Yeah, learn how to get Jessica Chastain in your film. Exactly, exactly. Do 40 drafts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do the 40 rather than just the two, you know. Make sure your script is the best it can be. Exactly. Um, which is why actors pay attention to it in the first place, um, even if you can't necessarily afford their normal fee. Speaking of announcements... Ah, stop kicking me under the table, Giles. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. My legs are really long from your house to mine. <laughs> the news is Dirty Boy has been announced. We're officially allowed to now say who is in the movie, um, which is great. Deadline Hollywood uh, dropped the announcement the other day that we have uh, Graham McTavish, Susie Porter, Olivia Chenery, Alice Lucy, Anna Gillies, starring alongside uh, our lead Stan Steenbickler in Dirty Boy, which is produced by myself, uh, Sarah Angrill, Marek Lichtenberg, and it's been directed and written and exec produced by Doug Rayo. Yeah, it's very exciting. He really dug deep for this one. Yay, very nice. Um, because we are in the final stages of picture lock right now. Um, we're very close to diving into VFX and sound mix and the grade. Yeah, getting ready for festivals. Very festival film, this one. So I'll, I'll fill you in along the way about how we get on. Hmm. But yeah, very excited. Oh uh, yeah, I saw your, saw your Wars of War got to top 10 on uh, Amazon Prime it's quite nice ah yeah thanks mate yeah I think they've um, Signature have now released that onto Amazon Prime as AVOD um, advertising video on demand which means um, everyone can watch it now um, technically if you've got an Amazon Prime membership and a lot of people have and a lot of people think it's just come out which is quite interesting because um, we had on the podcast what episode uh, 294 um, nearly 100 episodes ago we had a Wolves of War special with uh, some of the cast some of the crew uh, makeup costume um, DOP and then we also had the editor uh, and composer on as well so if you want to listen back to how we made Wolves of War my World War 2 special starring Ed Westwick and Matt Willis, uh, then please do. But right now it's on Prime, so go watch it, go support, and if you like it, give it a nice review. Um, if you don't, shut up. <laughs> if you don't, give it a really stinking review. <laughs> no, yeah. Never do that. Never do that. <laughs> please, please, never, never do that. Support each other. That's the whole point of this. But if you want to support me uh, on that front, then do. Speaking of which, Dom, your film. Look at us, built bigging each other up at the moment but it's true your film Unreason uh, must be having some updates now that must be very close to being finished yes well I mean my film sort of metaphorically I wouldn't I wouldn't claim claim ownership of it but uh, I very much enjoyed producing on it and yes I mean there's there's actually been quite a lot of really insane updates but <laughs> I can't share any of them <laughs> but uh, right. I mean all, all I can say is it's it's looking very good there's some really really cool people involved in it that will blow your mind um, yes. and we've got very very high hopes for it so um, yeah uh, yeah keep keep an eye out for the, those Shakespeare sisters and their shenanigans and we'll yeah. indeed there will be updates there will be updates on unreason very soon right should we should we get to the episode with uh, Michelle Franco mm -hmm. talking about memory 
and storytelling Let's. and script development. Let's do that. A couple of credits to read out of Michelle's, just in case you don't know. He started off making a lot of short films before he directed his first feature film, Daniel and Anna, in 2009. Then he went on to make After Lucia. She also edited, produced and wrote, as well as directing, editing and producing uh, Through the Eyes, Chronic, April's Daughter, New Order, Sundown and now memory. Um, he has worked along the way with Charlotte Gainsbourg and Tim Roth as regular collaborators and he also produced On the Rocks which was Sofia Coppola's a movie uh, from a couple of years ago. Right here we go this is a reasonably short chat with Dom and Michelle so we'll jump on at the other side and we'll um, dissect it in some way. Yeah but for now here is Dom and Michelle. remember when it's convenient. I don't remember. You don't know what you're doing. You're not able to make rational decisions right now. Why did you leave? Things were just getting complicated. What do you mean? Why did you and mom stop talking? When your mother was your age, I, she was out of control. Not with me. I'm having a really hard time. Hi, welcome back. The usual for you? Oh yeah. What's the usual? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, no. Do you remember her? No. Uh, hi, Michelle. Uh, congratulations again on the film. Thank you. You must be very proud. So yeah, I just wanted to wanted to talk about. Let's go first of all into your idea process and how memories sort of began for you. you know, it's a little bit like 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 the first love when you're young and you're uh, told not to get into trouble and and they do it anyhow. But it's normally not portrayed uh, on screen by grown-ups. Uh, mm. It's normally, I, I mean, grown-up characters. It's normally, uh, you know, uh, I, I like how many mistakes she makes throughout the films and how they're not behaving the way they should. And I find that interesting somehow. Mm. And of course, the whole thing about her uh, being stuck in the past and, and he can't, he can remember his, you know, 
suffering this condition that will get worse by the day probably so how much can can how much sense of this uh, this relationship make uh, and and plus is it a relationship or you know they're surprising themselves as much as the audience is trying to follow and and it turns into a love story without it being introduced as 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 one so after you've got the the script in place what was your process for um the casting and and getting jessica chaskin on board and peter sarsgaard jessica was uh my agent and her agent uh did a great job at putting us together um and at first i didn't know you know i've i i had no idea how working with jessica would be like but after a first uh zoom meeting and and then getting together and and discussing the script it was very clear that we were on the same page mm -hmm. and it was you know it's definitely a good match and we already shot another movie together and we would keep working together and then uh peter came into the project because i asked her who she would like to play uh, with and my logic was if it's a love story uh they're they're you know without chemistry you're lost so uh he always wanted to work with peter and and when i met him i immediately said yes it's it's the perfect guy to play so but you'd, you'd gone through the process of a, a casting director before this um and you'd had a few difficulties is that right i yeah i i i, I was first considering to shoot the film uh in the uk actually and and it proved to be very challenging budget-wise because we we needed uh like some sort of big name to to make it work and the casting director told me something silly like those actors you're naming are our, out of your league mm. and that's how my agent got annoyed and said i'll get you the best you know not only the best actor, but a Hollywood star, and, and that's Jessica. <laughs> I, I think it's a, I think it's a really important thing having someone to champion you in the industry. I, I was I was talking to another producer about that the other day. Someone that's really like fighting your corner and and you know believing that you can uh, you know work at the top end, and you've obviously sort of done that with this one. You need people supporting what you do, especially me being a writer, director, producer. Uh, it doesn't mean I do it all. I need a good team and, and people who understand my vision. And, and if, if my agent would put me uh, with the wrong actor, it, it's, it would be a disaster. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's the way you're saying it. Yeah. Do, do, you, do you find that in the last uh, couple of years, especially with independent film, it's, it's become there's been a bit of a divide between what the sales agents are expecting and the distributors in terms of cast versus what actually makes sense for the, you know, the budgets of the films and, and getting them made. I try to ignore, to dismiss all that and mm. try to just do what I want and what I have to do. Sometimes it means working with less money, uh, but then it's also challenging and, and, and to keep my freedom and to stay away from the streamers and all that, because I don't want input. Then, you know, I, I guess it's all about finding the right balance, but but working with Jessica uh, has been I, I'm blessed because she's the best you know person I I, I you can imagine uh, the best team player. So I don't see her at all as a name, you know, she's just the best actor you can 
possibly uh, wish to have as a director. So um, can you just talk a little bit about the different rehearsal processes between Jessica and Peter and how you kind of developed once they were on side with the project? With Jessica, we sat down and read the script scene by scene and discussed, uh, you know, particular, you know, dialogue and ideas and all that. So when we arrived to the shooting, I don't do rehearsals uh, at all. Okay. I just let the actors show me what they have in mind. Or, you know, they, they don't even, in this case, Jessica and Peter weren't even talking at all uh, unless the camera was rolling. Uh, that's how she played it without telling me that's what she was going to do. She just worked that way. I think that that, that, that was uh, fantastic for the film because she kept a lot to herself. And then Peter was in a different state of mind because he's like, my character doesn't remember much. I have to be spontaneous. I have to react to what's in front of me. And uh, that's what a good actor do anyhow. So they were carrying very different vibes as much as in the film. So mm. it all made yeah. Yeah. Can you talk a bit about the where you shot the film? Because you, you mentioned London was was initially somewhere you'd been thinking about and you, you decided to go to uh, New York in the end. Um, what, what sort of in, informed that decisions and, and also um, your process? Because you've got an extensive producing background of how you look for the right budget, for the right sort of story and genre. This film could have been shot in, I think, any big city. Uh, I knew it was English was the language for sure. So New York was a very good uh, choice. Uh, I wanted to shoot in the UK because of the quality of the actors, but that, of course, in New York, you get also top quality. And I shot in Brooklyn because Manhattan, I feel, has been shot one too many times, and I didn't know how to look at it with a different perspective. So uh, Brooklyn made sense also for her character, that she's living there and, and the brown somewhere he's living uh, so yeah, that, that's how it all fell into place, but it's all about finding the right equation and, and not being many people say, uh, if it's a low budget movie, stay away from, uh, London or, you know, stay away from Paris or, uh, you, and I, I never care for what they, you know, those ideas, cause then every film will look the same. So I, I just have to do, yeah, I, I get into a lot of trouble. Uh, from um, conservative perspective, but at the end, it all works out. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, I mean, I, I hear in a lot of panels, people are sort of saying, "Well, you, you know, you shouldn't do this genre for." Uh, if you're if you're doing like your first feature film, you shouldn't do a drama, or um, you shouldn't do a movie for. You should be shooting in one location and you know keeping things simple and and two actors. And you know I think I think everything's everything's possible if you if you work around the the challenges and the you know that get the producing hat on, um, and you can make incredible films, which that in itself is 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 commercial as long as it links together. Yeah, that's why I became a producer myself uh, to not have to hear that. Because it's mostly nonsense, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it is. I think it's. I think it's. It's often just very, very straightforward thinking of of looking at it from the outside rather than from a, a challenge um, solving perspective, which is you know entirely what films about. Yeah, but but with today's technology and all, I mean, the French did it with the Nouvelle Vague in the sixties, uh, or you know, Alan Clark. You know, he he shot 
he did what he had to do uh, time and again, Alan Clark. So why do now, several years later, go backwards? Which, anyhow, I think the state of cinema nowadays, it's not in this, you know, it's not at its best. So we are kind of going backwards anyhow. <laughs> You know, it, it is a difficult time and it's it's harder than ever to get independent films, but that's why we need to make these kind of great drama films still. So, um, yeah, just just talking about um, how you got into the industry, like what was your what was your process of getting to this stage? Because I mean, you're obviously working with A-list actors, you're making a probably an award season film. Um, you know, how did you get there from your sort of early beginnings? I just started shooting short films on my early 20s. I didn't start it cinema filmmaking or anything so i just started doing it yeah and when the time came when i was 28 i said i'll just gamble and make a film and i wrote something very radical that i knew i could shoot with a small budget if required and and i thought i would keep making films in mexico i never had the ambition to shoot outside and it was on 2012 that with a very small, let's say, in terms of of size, of production, or unexpensive film that I shot, got the top award at Cannes, a film of mine called After Lucia. Mm. And Tim Tim, Tim was the head of the jury, and, and he suggested we work together. So Amazing. that's what got me out of Mexico. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's, that's, a, that's a fairly substantial break, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's yeah. Then, then, then you're away because you you yeah. you just you like um, you like working with some of the the same actors when when they're available. Is that, is that right? You kind of like repeat uh, relationships. Well, they they become friends when mm. when when it works. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I talk. Tim and I text or talk uh, constantly. It's it's uh, we're friends, and we have similar views on cinema and and so why not work together again? You know, I miss shooting with Tim. Uh, and I love Jessica on set, so why not shoot again together, which we already did. And Charlotte Gainsbourg, you know, these are incredible people to be, to get inspired by. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you, have you ever run into problems? Because, I mean, you mentioned um, taste there and, and people being on the, the same page, which, which I, I think is like one of the most important things when you're when you're trying to pitch something like a, a story and, and you need to make sure that the, the actor or the head of department or the producers or the distributor really understand what the vision is and that they, they know which direction you're going in. Do you ever have any challenges with trying to get people on the right page? No, I, I, I'm a good listener. So I think mm, they know okay. I'm Fine. But that doesn't mean I'm going to take the suggestions. Uh, I try to surround myself with clever people in the right fit. So they're usually helping me out. And then, of course, everybody, including these big actors, know that, that at the end of the day, it's a dictatorship. It's, it's whatever the director has to do, especially in this case, being the writer and all. But I never abuse that position i always do it yeah but i just want the film to be as good as possible so so it's best to 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 use you know to make use of the everyone's talent yeah, yeah. but I, I i wouldn't work on a studio system that 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 sounds like hell yeah <laughs> yeah I, I think i i mean I, I come across a lot of filmmakers and you know they're, they're very much into looking for for big companies to collaborate with and and studio movies and 
sometimes I see that the projects go so far away from what the in original intention is. Yeah. Um, and, and I think if you're an auto auto filmmaker, it's incredibly important to find that original thread and keep going with it. No, if if, if I one day end up working with a bigger with a studio because I'm fully independent now. I would try to package the film, and by the time you know, I, 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 they come to me or I go to them or whatever, I tell them this is a script. These are the actors. These are you know. This is what I'm doing. If you want to do it, then okay. But I wouldn't go through that process again. I can listen uh, and dismiss most ideas because that's how it works. Yeah. Uh, or yeah. discuss. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I, yeah, but what you're saying is true. Many ideas could have made interesting movies and they, they just go to hell because there's uh, too many people talking. Cooks in the kitchen, yeah. So, so what, what were some of the, the most challenging um, scenes in, in memory for you to, for you to shoot? Because uh, you know, not everything on production goes exactly as you've imagined and you get onto set and there's, there's something with the character that doesn't quite align or, or there's a location that's got a problem. Well, keeping it real, I guess, uh, the AA meeting uh, required a lot of work. Uh, the working place of Jessica, uh, but definitely the 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 the, the confrontation scene because uh, you have many actors on frame and it goes from a very light energy uh, to a very heavy, and then it keeps transforming. So yeah, that was a challenge for sure, and also the the bed or the intimacy scenes. That was a big question mark, but but the actors did such a fantastic work that they're not bad. There are a lot more than that. So, did you have to um, work with intimacy coordinator for for those scenes? Was that was that part of the? Is that the process now, or do you do you have your own method? Not in this case. Not, no, no. I, I I wouldn't mind it because I'm sure there are good one professionals ones, but but. Uh, we work on such an intimate basis anyway. Yeah, we're we're we're. we're the actors trust me a big deal and, and, and it goes both ways. Uh, so there was never a need for that, but, but, but I think it's good that they exist. And, and, and it, it, I always ask if, 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 if they are, you know, if the actors want them, I'm all for it. But, but in this it was the opposite. They preferred to be only with me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do, do you think it's, do you think that's a big part of, of how you create these good relationships with your, with your actors and, and crew is by being open and, and, you know, kind of open to their ideas and, and creating a safe space on set? Because I mean, some people like to rule with an iron hand, don't they? And I, I've always believed a warm sort of welcoming set is, is what you need for people to open up. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's, it's what you're saying. I'm, I'm, I don't believe in the manipulative bullshit, you know, the puppeteer. I'm just very open into communicating what I, what I'm hoping for. And I, yeah, I, 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 I'm very respectful with actors and I love actors. I think there are uh, directors that, 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 that suffer from having to listen to them or, uh, answer to the questions. I, I can even adapt my way of working. If it makes sense, you know, I don't rehearse, but if a particular actor would like to rehearse, I'm up for it. It's okay. You know, I'm, I'm never in. Uh, and if they like the work I've done before and they're there for, for, for all the right reasons and it should work. Yeah. 
No, you've, you've definitely got to be flexible in these uh, in these situations. So, in terms of the you know the overall shoot, how how many days did you you shoot for this? It was it was thirty days or something. Was it a month roughly? I think six weeks, which yeah, would take six weeks, okay, thirty days, which which is more than enough. I I'm I you know at the end of a shooting, I'm exhausted and, and yeah, and that's enough. Yeah, you know, I I I I never because I don't shoot coverage. Days uh, are usually very productive and. We get a lot of, you know, if, if you approach it on a uh, page count uh, basis, we, we go very fast because, again, there's no coverage. So once we have it, that's something the actors love to. They don't have to match, you know, what, what hand was doing what. They can give them everything on each take and that, that will be the scene, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, do you do you t- tend to build in pickups uh, into your schedule? Like, the, you know, the do you do you, do you work? Okay, well, this is the day we're getting the day that that's it. Um, or, or do you do you tend to like like to go to the end and go into the edit or start looking at the dailies as you go and then see? Okay, well, maybe maybe this scene could be redone. Like, how's your process in terms of that as a sort of director and, and as a producer? Uh, well, I shoot in chronological order. Okay, uh, yeah. So we should not. You know, I try not to go crazy. The schedule is pretty much the film. Of course, we don't go back and forth in a day to different locations, but but pretty much order. And I have the editor on set, and I'm putting together the film every day, every week, every Saturday. We'd get together, and, and Jessica would be there, and I just show her everything. Uh, so you know, by by the end of the second week, you can see like thirty minutes or so, uh, and you can really see where it's going and you can sometimes I write new scenes or I change a little bit certain things and then we reshoot a lot uh, because we're always back to pretty much every location because we're shooting in order so so uh, yeah there's always time to squeeze in reshoots which are anyhow done very fast because you know exactly what you're going for I, I love reshoots I do a lot of things that producers uh, detest because you know Reshoots is often like they think it's expensive. It's what's what, I don't know what. For me, it's different, you know. It's like, why would it be perfect every time, uh, you know, if, if you're trying to create something that's alive, kind of alive, you know, then you go for it. And if, if you can make it better, why not? Uh, yeah, I mean, I always, yeah. Um, I think it's always very false economy as well um, when you... When you try and sort of cut down on you know one or two scenes in a film that could be you know instrumental to you know the film making sense and and the you know the money powers are saying well you need to you need to just use what you what you've got and then that's the difference between the film being a success or not um so yeah it's it's definitely worth fighting for and it's uh I, I like the fact that you have this malleable conversational approach well, listen we've got to we've got to wrap up now again it's it's in one of my well it's my joint top film of the of the year so i wish you huge success um with the movie um and um yeah best of luck with the release thank you thank you very much pleasure for talking to you thank you really appreciate it thanks this episode is brought to you by twizzlers long day late night Feeling a little bored? Twizzlers is the ultimate sidekick for any moment of the day, no matter what kind of day you're having. The perfect level of sweet and a fun excuse to sit back and relax. Unwind with Twizzlers. To buy now, visit Hersheyland.com slash Twizzlers. 
There we go. It was a bit of a short episode, but we really wanted to speak to Michelle because of his history and what he's done. And, and hope you enjoyed that. Yeah. I know you did, Dom. I did, yeah. I mean, he's just uh, yeah, he's a really talented, multi-faceted filmmaker, really. I mean, he, he creates his films with a budget in mind. You know, he's, he's thinking about the writing, the producing and the directing at every stage of the genesis of a project and and how it's going to make sense financially so he's he's uh, yeah he's very very smart guy yeah very much so i really liked you know what he was saying about he you know ingests his idea for the script over 2 years or a year and then he only needs to do one or two drafts because it's already in there. It's been percolating for a long time, which sounds amazing. And I think everyone out there going, hey, that sounds great. I'd love to just percolate an idea and do nothing else. Or ingest, as you said. Yes. When I, th- I think of ingest, I think of like, you know, when, when, a, when a bird, like an albatross, goes out and it collects, I don't know if albatross is the right one, but... I, I don't think so. Goes out and it collects hundreds of different bits of, of food and then flies around for a long time and then eventually it comes home and then it regurgitates regurgitates it but it's but at that point it's ready <laughs> when you've regurgitated your script well they do say it's a vomit draft the first yeah, well, one there we go not his ones not michelle's not michelle no, not his though it's no. like a sort of beautiful pink sparkling liquid that, that comes out that's <laughs> pink <laughs> my pink I don't, gold, okay gold sparkling liquid there we go gold there, there we, we go, go. Yeah. yeah absolutely there we go yeah. yeah and i think that's really interesting because a lot of us can't do that we it's really difficult for us to, well we can percolate on something but then we're doing other things in between mm. you know i mean you have to work we have to earn mm. money we're not you know directing producing we are doing full time but we're also doing other jobs of directing producing giles has been uh, working in a production job yeah yeah um i'm making a load of adverts yeah very well i really enjoy it i love the people there um yeah it's full time you've got a, this is what you've got to do as a filmmaker and then you, you do it in your evenings and your weekends you write your scripts and you try and get things going and you know i've, t- I've put things on the back burner because now i'm you know, I'm making adverts. I'm working for a company. I'm producing. It, it is it is rough out there. It's very hard. I mean, especially in London, it's very hard to like, yeah, be sustainable as like someone really pushing feature film projects whilst not necessarily getting paid for it, whilst whilst paying for like ludicrous rental bills and, and sort of trying to trying to get that sort of parallel job or side job. You know, I mean. You know, COVID, the writer strikes, the actor strikes. They've all they've all really slowed down the industry. You know, overall, and, and there aren't there aren't just you know producer director jobs just flowing in like there maybe was. They were never flowing, but there was like a it was like a sort of a gentle trickling river. Now it's like a a stream that's battling against uh, go on pink. being frozen or evaporated. <laughs> a pink stream, exactly. Yeah, pink. <laughs> Yeah, it's a stream that is not longer a stream. Mm, it's just it's an extreme. A very weak. So yes, <laughs> an extreme, which is extremely annoying. Um, so I think that what Dom's saying is very true. Is it's very difficult out there. So don't beat yourself up right now too much if things aren't moving. Beat someone else up. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that. Um, if it's too, if you feel it's too difficult, because I know so many people are giving up. You know. Yeah. Johnny Grant even mentioned it on a tweet the other day that he was about to, and then he got a new agent and suddenly his script started moving again. And 
as a writer and it's the same for us. And now he's off to Disneyland for another 15 years. Yeah, for another <laughs> holiday. Yeah, good for him. But it's true that for producers, there isn't that. There isn't that sort of safety net. Very rarely do people sort of go, hey, come and produce. It's it's a very different beast. You, you've got to collect the scripts. You've got to collect the directors and the DOPs and the crew. And as a producer in the indie film world right now in the UK, it is shit. Mm. There's no question about it. Yep. So, like I say, don't beat yourself up if you're struggling. It's actually shit even if you're not an indie producer. I mean, mm. yeah, I mean, I, I've spoken to I've spoken to quite a few, a few like, really top-end, you know, the kind of producers and uh, that work with basically, like, the top directors. And, you know, the, the sentiment is... I mean, and I'm literally talking about sort of the Christopher Nolans and... and that that level of of, of um, you know director yeah Matthew Vaughan's yeah. yes those kinds of people yeah and um, and they're, they're all saying the same which is that you know they're struggling to get dramas and 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 films made you know stuff outside the sort of the the very generic easy popcorn movie um, you know so sort of, even I mean they're they're not even safe bets but but yeah I mean like the the, the tough sort of interesting dramas and subgenres and you know, any of those kind of movies, they're really struggling to get made. So, like, if they're struggling, what are we supposed to be doing? Absolutely. Yeah, totally agree. So you've got to think outside the box in terms of your filmmaking and how you can raise finance, how you can do it yourself. And, uh, you know, I've had a lot of bigger producers in this industry, directors go, yeah, how do you keep making films? How do you keep making indie films? It's so hard for us. Well, we don't. Dom's right. This is the <laughs> word that's coming from us. No, we do. But we are. We are, yeah. That's the thing. We, we are, but yet even for us, it's so difficult. It's so hard, but you've got to find ways. You've got to find new ways of making a film. You look at um, Matt and Tori Butler Hart, who, well, they'll just go, cool, let's, let's just do another film on the iPhone and let's get our friends in again. And again, it's not that simple. Of course, they got some money for it. But at the same time, they've just gone, right, let's go make another film. Let's go be filmmakers and learn. And it's something that's really important. If you want to do this, you've got to think out other ways. The cavalry isn't coming. No one's knocking on your door. And if they are great, good for you, then take those opportunities. Yeah, another thing I heard from a recent sort of you know, producer chat was you really do need someone as a, as a, as a champion for you. Mm. Like if you're, if you are an indie person, you need someone shouting your corner, whether it's your casting director, it's your producers. Um, you know, it, it could be anyone, like someone needs to be saying, look, this is the next, this is the next great thing. Uh, this isn't just another person at the, you know, a lower end of the rung than the Hollywood films that we're sort of considering and looking at or the studio streamers. This person is really amazing. You need to give them a shot. And and you need someone like that. And it's it's really difficult to find someone like that. And uh, I mean, just go back to uh, the Dagger film. I mean, they've got they've got Ian McKellen as their exec producer. I mean, that that helps. <laughs> it really helps mm -hmm. having yes. someone that you, you know, and that that came from them building a relationship with him and showing him that, you know, they knew what they were doing and that they were, you know, competent and 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 ambitious. And, and you know, from his side, you know, his his word goes a long way, like a really long way. Yes, it really does. Um, and speaking of Dagger, there is a screening, uh, Q&A screening at the Ritzy in Brixton, which I'll be moderating. They've asked me for some reason to host. Didn't ask the Primo host. <laughs> no, they didn't ask the Primo host. I mean, what's wrong with them? On the 22nd of February, down in Brixton. Yeah, so come and uh, watch this amazing film. 
by the way. And then also, uh, if you have to stay around at the end, then you can listen to me. But more importantly, you'll hear uh, a Q&A <laughs> from Matt and Tori and the rest of the cast and crew who are there on the day. Come there for Giles. That's what it's about. It's not about them. That's what it's about. It's about me. You're coming to hear me. It's never about them. Yeah, never, never about their amazing film Dagger and the fact that they've got another movie out there and made, um, which is about to go and do its tour around the, the UK as well. So if you can't make the Ritzy on the 22nd of Feb, then there is other screenings to so go to their website and have a look. Fizzandgingerfilms.co.uk. But yeah, Dom is Dom is right. It's that I love what Michelle was saying about having a, a great collaborator and a really good sounding board who understands you as well as people who are shouting your corner. And again, it's easy for us to say, go get that. But this takes you, there's no real easy fix here. There's no quick answer. This takes years of cultivating relationships and turning up to events and networking and knowing people. Me and Dom have been doing this for, you know, God, too long. 35 years between us, too, you know, mm. and that's a lot of people, you know, along the way. And not everyone's going to help you and not everyone's going to be there for you, but that's okay. You'll learn something from everyone or how not to do something or how, how this industry works. But people I've found are there for advice and people will give it to you if you ask. Yep. So don't be scared of doing that. One thing I've learned when you are speaking to new people or new investors is make sure you know what your pitch is. Make sure you know what you're asking for. Mm. Don't be wishy-washy. Set a date. If you want to make a film, set a date for it. This mm. is the date I'm going to be making this film. You've got something to work towards. Even if you change it later, that's okay. But if you don't have a date, if you haven't got anything, you've got an idea that's in your head or something you've written down on bits of paper, it's really important to have that date and then you can approach casting directors, you can approach agents, you can approach producers, investors with that date. Here's when we're making the movie. Are you on board this train or not? And as soon as you say that, you'll be surprised by how many more people will jump on your train because you're actually making something. You're doing it by setting a date. So set a date, people. Valentine's Day. <laughs> If you want to go on a date, do it on Valentine's Day. I'm script writing at the moment. I know you are, Dom. I'm working with Tobias, Toby V's on a script and we're really close to the end of it. And obviously we're both working, we're both busy. So we're doing this in our evenings and our weekends when we can. Not that he's Tobias. <laughs> <laughs> what? About about it being good. Oh, I see. He's not by it. Tobias. Yeah, there we go. There we go. There we go. About it being good. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah right. Okay, it's yeah. good. Yeah, but we're we're, we're like I say we're doing now final. It's like this. It's that great section where you get to a script and you really feel it's solid. You've got your basis, but then you now need to hack into the dialogue and just make it sharper and wittier or more interesting or get rid of the fluff that you've repeated. And actually, usually I find that really fun and easy. And and sometimes you can get stuck. You can suddenly just go, oh my God, now I've got to be really witty and clever with these lines. I don't know, sometimes when I find you're doing a vomit draft and you're just getting through it, sometimes it's just witty and funny because you're just doing it, right? Mm. It's like, oh, this is funny, this is funny. When you're trying to physically write something that might be funny or interesting or intellectual, it suddenly becomes pressurized. Yeah, you can't, you, no, it, it just has to come organically, yeah. Yeah, it does. How do you find those processes when you're diving into fine tuning your script? <sighs> when I used to start, I would always get stuck, but I have done, I've done a lot of, a lot of scripts stuff now I feel like you know for me I, it's, it's, it's not like it's not like acting but it is in a way like you have to like really absorb yourself into the mindset 
of a character, you know, how they think, you know, what, what influences their behaviors. I always used to be trying to like, when people would say, oh, you need to think of like quirks and charms to make them interesting. When you try and manufacture it like that, it never works. You have to, you have to find something that is, that, that feels real. Like me, you know, maybe it's someone you know that has a, a mannerism a certain way, or, or you can just get, you know, get yourself into the mindset of what these traits would create as a sort of general type of behavior. And then once you sort of get into the flow, like, I mean, now for me, it's, it's about getting really good notes off really good people. I, I, I try and only get notes off like either someone that's doing exceptionally well, you know, the sort of the, the talk of the town type indie filmmaker or someone really, really high up that's seen, you know, Oscar winning films and has distributed stuff that, that's at that level or, you know, has a really, really strong track record. And then I try and, yeah, work from those two angles so that, you know, whatever I'm getting in, in notes is a really fine-tuned thing. And, and sometimes it might just be one note on one section of the film. And then once you get that note, it's really easy to write that that bit of the thing. Um, and then, you know, that could vastly in, improve one bit of the script that overall isn't working. So mm. that's kind of how I work. I like that. That's interesting. And I suppose by you saying someone really high up, that's because you've cultivated that relationship over a long period of time that you can send your script to and they will read it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's not it's not always over a long period of time. Sometimes it's just being very honest and sincere and connecting with, with someone. But um, yeah, I mean, a lot of them, yeah, most of them do take you know, years and years. <laughs> so, 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 yeah. Yeah. And speaking of connecting, you did a, a podcast interview that's going to be coming out very soon. Uh, and at the end of the chat, you talked about, they asked you about you and you said, yeah, you've made, oh, yeah. Uh, you've made the film Winter <laughs> yeah. Ridge. And yeah. it said, producer said, oh, I've seen that film. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about this great moment. Oh, yeah. It, it, so it, was, the, it was the Poor Things junket. Uh, the Yorgos Lanthimos movie starring Emma Stone, by the way, uh, which means we have on the producers, Ed Gurney and Andrew Lowe. Yeah, so 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 it was a it was a chat with the producers, and um, at the end of the at the end of the chat, um, Andrew had gone off to gone off to have a break between the next uh, meeting or something. And uh, Ed Ed was there, and he sort of says, "Oh, you know, so you are you are you a filmmaker?" And I'm yeah, yes, I'm a director. I do a bit of producing as well. And he's like, "Oh, what was your last film?" And I said, like, "Oh, Winter Ridge." And he's like, "Oh yeah, I've seen that." <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know the thing. The thing is, there's there's two possible reasons for this. One, he he saw it out in the wild, right? Literally, which which is you know literally out in the wild, which which is which is also you know pretty pretty good. Yes. Um, the second option is that I I feel like I sent him an email. Him, well, I think I sent Element an email. Like I did, sort of did a random production company sweep. Element Pictures. Yeah, Element Pictures. I think I did it like a you know a year or two ago, and I I targeted like a whole bunch of production companies. Never heard back from any of them, but I was just telling them what I was up to, and um, you know saying hello. So it, it's it's vaguely possible that he looked at that and you know watched the <laughs> watched the film. <laughs> So uh, you never know. That's it. You just never know who you meet. And suddenly now, because he's he's watched your film, it's a it's a much easier sort of next time you see him to say, hey, yeah, you know, we're connected. Connected. Very good. And yeah, and speaking of that, poor things, uh, the producers of that, Ed Gurney and Andrew Lowe, they are going to be on the podcast very soon. Dom has already recorded that episode. So how exciting is that? Very much so. It's pretty exciting. I would say ridiculously exciting. Other guests coming up include Bob Marley movie One Love with director Reynaldo Marcus Green. We also have David Eyre, the director of 
Suicide Squad talking about Beekeeper. In a filmed interview. Whew. In a filmed interview. Uh, uh, yes. And we also have the Promised Land director, Nikolai Arcel. So thank you so much for listening. Um, this has been our chat with Michelle Franco. And there is also a very nice blog to go with this, because uh, we did have a little bit of a chat before the um, before the interview, just sort of informal at the start. So there's a few little bits we can add in to the blog as well. Indeed. Yeah. And we also got the blog on Matthew Vaughan as well. Um, so if you do like reading... Uh, about what we talk about as well then do go to our website filmmakerspodcast.com there is a load of blogs on there we've stopped doing some of them like I say Dom has done this new one now on with Michelle Franco with even more information about his chat on there um, yeah if you do like this podcast tell your friends and if you're lucky enough to rise up and do well it is your duty to press every button on the elevator on the way back down there we go we will see you next Tuesday as Always. Well, we'll certainly, you'll certainly hear from us. Until then, take care, everyone. Bye, Dom. Bye, Dom. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. Okay, I'm going now. Bye, 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 bye. Bye, 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 bye.